Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes podcast. I am your host, Dr. Paul Etchison. I had a mentor of mine, a podcasting mentor of mine on the show today. We got Gary Takison of the Thriving Dentist podcast, someone I've always listened to, someone I've always enjoyed, a wealth of knowledge. And we talked for a really long time before hit record. We said, what do we want to make this episode about? What do we want to talk about? And we wanted to make it something very actionable and that you can listen to and implement in your practice right away. And I think we nailed it. I think it came out really good. And there was a lot of things in here that I'm listening to and I'm saying, yeah, I'm going to discuss these things with my team. And I know you are going to have the same interpretation because there is some low-hanging fruit that I have kind of maybe possibly overlooked for a little bit. It used to be important in my practice and maybe there's not so much of a focus of it now. And... I'm kind of thinking, hey, me and the team got to have a talk about some of these things. But it's always fun having Gary on and somebody with as much experience as he has in the dental industry. He's got an answer for everything. And I don't think I've ever asked him a question and not liked the answer. So I know you'll get a lot of this episode and he's always entertaining and fun to listen to. So let's stop talking about it. Let's get to the interview. Dental Practice Heroes Podcast, where successful dentists share their best systems, methods, and lessons learned to help you achieve early financial freedom through profitable practice ownership. We're here to talk about operating a successful dental business through communication, strong leadership, and by being the hero for your patients and your team. Hey everyone, it's me, Dr. Paul Etchison, and year-end is coming up, and if you've got the right CPA working in your corner, well, you already know what you're going to pay in taxes, and you know that you aren't going to be surprised come springtime. I see so many practice owners putting so much time into doing their own bookkeeping, payroll, and financial planning for the year. Your CPA should be someone in your corner, providing you with the tools to help make decisions regarding running your practice. And if you aren't getting useful and timely financials, you are essentially driving a car without a dashboard. I want to tell you about Bull Moose Financial, a firm specializing in dental practices that can handle all of your bookkeeping, all your financial reports, tax and state compliance, as well as giving you tax projections well before the year end so that you can plan and make changes proactively. I worked with Bull Moose for six years before I partnered with MB2, and I can tell you, they know what they're doing, and I never realized how much I truly needed a dental-specific CPA until I started working with them. So stop wasting time trying to do it on your own. Let the specialists handle that part of your practice so that you can spend more time growing your business. Reach out to Bull Moose Financial at bullmoosefinancial.com, and if you mention the Dental Practice Heroes podcast, they will waive the $2,000 onboarding fee. That's a $2,000 value. That's bullmoosefinancial.com. That's B-U-L-L-M-O-O-S-E Financial. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes podcast, where we believe that armed with knowledge and intentionality, anyone can become the hero that their practice needs and deserves. want to welcome my guest, a repeat guest, a fellow podcaster, host of the Thriving Dentist Show, an advocate for dentists navigating their way out of insurance dependence, former practice owner and the dental podcasting godfather himself. Please welcome back to the podcast, Gary Takis. What's happening, Gary? Hey, Paul, great to be back on your show. And podcasting is one of my favorite things to do on either side of the mic, <laughs> hosting <laughs> one or being interviewed for one. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity to 
rejoin you on the Dental Practice Heroes podcast. Yeah, it's always fun to connect. And just for the listeners know, me and Gary were supposed to hit record maybe about 45, 50 minutes ago, and we just been talking. <laughs> then, Guilty as charged. And then we, then we said... Gosh, how much time you got left? Like, oh gosh, are we going to be okay? We got to hit record at some point. We probably should have record a long time ago. I don't know if we could have been as candid though. <laughs> uh, we did a good job of catching up and covering a range of topics so far. And we've got more stuff to talk about now with your listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. So last time you were on my show was about a year and a half ago. We talked about the title was, if the listeners want to go back, was dropping insurance. There's never been a better time than now. So we're talking about, this was summer of 22 and past year and a half, a lot has happened. We're an interesting transition in the world, I, I think, right now, and in banking and everything in the markets. What would you say as far as insurance dependent, or I keep saying dependence, is that, that's a guilty habit. Yeah. Maybe I've been dependent too long. But, but what do you think has changed in the past year and a half? Well, I mean, let's face it. We have to look at things pragmatically. There's a lot of economic headwinds right now. We've got expensive gas still, depending on where you're in the country. You're spending a lot of money for gas. If you've got an electric car, you're paying a lot of money for electricity. We've got double-digit inflation where pretty much everything we buy is more expensive. And think about it at the, at the dentist level, at the practice level, anything a practice buys is more expensive today than it was a year and a half ago. Everything. And perhaps most notably is what's happened with wages, with our team members' wages. As a result of a variety of factors, the labor environment, the hiring environment we have right now is like nothing I've seen in 43 years of experience. Paul, I've been in dentistry long enough to remember different cycles in hiring. There was a time when you could place an ad and have a dozen quality respondents within a day, and you could be choosy and you could be highly selective with hiring. Today, there's a lot of positions unfilled in dental offices around the country because they're not getting any applicants, not even bad ones. I had a client of mine say the other day, he goes, he was hiring for hygiene. And he said, Gary, I'm not getting any applicants at all. I, I would love to get like a bad resume <laughs> just so <laughs> yeah. I could say no. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, I'm not even getting that. It's a very different climate. Now, things are starting to change. I'm starting to see positions fill. There's a whole universe of people going through the hygiene programs, you know, the hygiene schools are expanding their class size and they're going through to meet the needs of more hygiene positions. So it's starting to change a little bit, but we've got some headwinds, which I would say makes more sense than ever to plan to resign from PPO plans, to do the planning and do the prep work. Paul, think about this for a minute. I know you probably enjoy going to nice restaurants as much as I do. Yeah. Would that be a fair assumption? That would be fair. Yeah. And I'm sure you've experienced this in the last year and a half. My wife and I enjoy going out to eat and we tend to support locally owned restaurants. We have a lot of friends in the restaurant uh, business and we like to support locally owned restaurants. And if you're paying attention at all, what's happening to menu prices now at restaurants? I'm going up. Yeah. So if you owned a restaurant, Paul, and let's say it was a very fine, it was a fine dining establishment and it, you source your beef from very specific suppliers where you have antibiotic free and grass fed beef. Maybe you have some wild Alaska salmon on your menu, wild caught Alaska salmon. Maybe you bring in locally grown produce from an organic farm nearby. And if it costs you more money to purchase those ingredients for your menu, what are you going to do with your menu prices? Yeah, you got to raise your prices. That raise your prices. Mm -hmm. Right. And yet if you're a PPO provider, if you're contracted with a PPO plan, 
you've lost the ability to raise your fees to those PPO plans because you don't set the fees anymore. The insurance company sets your. By the way, you're letting a company that has no interest in how you do business set your fees. They don't care whether you have ten times the amount of CE to better serve your patients. They don't care about. It. They don't care if you have made elective decisions on technology to invest in your practice to better serve your patients. They don't care if you chose to compensate your team members a little bit better so that you can have a really quality team. They just arbitrarily set your fees. How in the world does that make any sense? It doesn't. And yet when you let the PPO plan set your fees, you've given up that one quality, one thing that you can do when expenses go up, you can adjust your fees. Now you still have to heed market conditions, right? Because the public eventually speaks about it, right? But I don't know about you, but I've been to some nice restaurants lately and and it's hard to get a reservation. Yeah. It's hard to get in. There's still demand. <laughs> there's still there's People still are willing demand. to pay for it. They're willing to pay for it. And one of the things that I've learned, and I've had the privilege of helping over 400 practices successfully reduce their insurance dependence in my coaching work. And in the last year and a half, I'm going to put it in the context that you asked me, the last year and a half, one of the things as we've talked to patients about what we're doing, that's a really important point. Don't just send a letter you know, to your patients. First of all, many of them won't ever get the letter if you send it by email, or even if you send it by snail mail, a lot of people won't get it. If they do get it, you're only delivering part of the message in the print. You're not getting all the other elements of communication that go along with the words. But as we're talking to patients about this and why we're doing this, what we're hearing from a lot of patients is empathy. For example, Paul, one of my clients is in California. He called me last week. He said, I got to share this with you because he said, I didn't expect this. This is a, a longtime patient of mine, owns his own business. He said, George, I want to talk to you about a decision that we've made. We haven't made this decision lightly, but effective on such and such a date will no longer be contracted with your Delta Dental insurance policy. But here's the good news. After that date, you can still come here. You can still choose our office for your care. You can still use those benefits in our practice. And we'll still file your claims for you like we always have. And the reason why we've done this is that there are two things you can count on my office. Number one, that we're going to deliver the highest quality dental care that we can deliver. And number two, we're going to work hard to make every visit a positive experience. We hope that you appreciate the way we take care of our patients, that you continue to come here for your care. And then he chose to add this statement. He said, do you know I haven't had a fee increase from Delta since 2009? This was last week that he shared this with the, with the patient. And the patient says, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. I don't blame you. He got empathy from the patient. Now, that's not necessarily a message, the fact that the fees have been increased since 2009, that I'd use with every patient. But for the right audience, they understand, this guy owns his own business. Can you imagine his business being restricted, not being able to raise prices? So actually, one thing that we're hearing from a lot of people is, I don't blame you. Then they often back it up with, don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. Well, I think it's interesting because a lot of the patients, I don't even think they understand the dynamics of how it works to be an in-network provider. And I noticed this when I talked to patients about as being an in-network provider talking about ortho. Like, well, what do you charge to do braces on my kid? And I had to explain, our prices are set by the insurance companies. We have a different negotiated price with every single carrier. So I, there's no way I could tell you that, but they will let you know that at the front desk. And they're like, oh, wait, what? That's how, how does it work? Like, they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. They don't realize that it's not, they look at it as, hey, here's the greedy dentist doing greedy dental work and they just want to charge more for the same stuff. 
And it's getting over that dynamic or that stigma. When you do the prep work and you talk to your patients and you give them a heads up, heads up, this is coming and letting them know what we find is that what most patients want to know is, can I still come to your practice? Can I use my benefits in your office? And will you file my claims for me? There are consultants, Paul, that take a different approach and really advise their clients to wash their hands of insurance. You know, literally just wash your hands and say, hey, we'll hand you a claim form. And whatever you do with your claim form after that is up to you. I disagree with that. Yeah, me as well. I disagree with that approach. Now, you and I could file a claim form <laughs> because we know the landscape. But the typical layperson, can they file their own claim form? Yeah. They don't know what to I do I wouldn't want that. to do that as a patient. No. No. And the majority, the vast majority, over 99% of all dental insurance PPO plans are open panel plans. And what that simply means is that the patient can go out of network and they can utilize their benefits out of network. There's a rare, and it is a pretty rare bird, but there's a rare type of dental insurance PPO plan that's closed panel where the only way they get benefits is if they go to an in-network dentist. You happen to have one in your state with the state employees. Mm -hmm. The state employees have a closed panel PPO plan where they have to go to an in-network dentist. And that's a different, but that's very rare. That's not very common. I didn't realize that. And they were through a Delta in Illinois. And yeah, guys, they're like 12, 16 months on paying too. Well, that simply means that the state government has decided to buy the lousiest Delta policy they could possibly buy. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and then you wait 12 to 16 months to get paid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had to make a separate account type so we could actually yeah. look at our AR and have it be accurate. Literally. Gary, you mentioned everyone should be thinking about it. So like there might be some people listening that are saying, well, this is something I've always kind of thought about. I don't know. I don't know if we're ready. I imagine this is something you see a lot with clients. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. If someone isn't quite ready or they're still unsure, what is the first kind of like the framework to lay as far as making sure that you're providing that level of service? And how could someone like look at their practice and say, okay, maybe I'll just focus on this right now and getting the service up to par so that we can do this and make this transition? That's really a great question, Paul. And I would really answer that in one very specific way. The more relationship driven your practice is, the more relationship driven it is, meaning that you develop rapport and relationship with your patients and you connect with them. The more you and your team members exhibit that, the more likely the patient is to stay with you, the more relationship driven it is. So I would spend a lot of time and attention in working on that one quality. What can you do? Let me give you a, for example, teach my clients to uh, create a digital note card somewhere in their software, in their price management software, where we enter personal information about the patient. Spouses' names, kids' names, dogs' name, hobbies, interests, what college they went to. If it's a Michigan family, don't bring up Ohio State, right? <laughs> if the patient is Ohio State family, do not bring up Michigan, right? <laughs> Them's are fighting words, right? Yeah. So we have this information on a digital note card. Maybe we know that Linda, one of our patients, is taking care of an elderly mother right now. That's the kind of information that goes on a note card. And the doctor should enter information on that note card, but also team members should be invited to enter information on those note cards. Because oftentimes the patients talk more to your team members than they do to you. Make sure we have that information somewhere. Make sure it's accessible. That information exists in your software, but it's buried. It's completely buried. You don't have access to it. And then one thing I teach my clients to do is every day before your morning huddle, come in 10 minutes early. I know I just lost half your audience right yeah, there when I asked you. Come in it. 10 minutes early. Okay. <laughs> we, we lost a minute. But stick with me on this. 
come 10 minutes early, pull that digital note card on every patient you're going to see today, whether it be a hygiene exam or a restorative patient, pull the note card and just do your homework. And if I'm your hygiene patient and you do your homework, Gary, it's good to see you. How's your wife, Therese? How's her yoga studio going? And I have to ask you about your grandson, Kanan. How's Kanan doing? Let's see. He just had a fourth birthday, didn't he? What does that do? Yeah. It's relationship. And I would say, if you don't actually care about your patients, don't do it. (laughs) If you don't actually care, forget it because it's not going to work. I would argue that every one of your listeners cares about their patients. I don't think you have any listeners who don't care about their patients, but exhibit it, do your homework, back it up, connect with them. And how's the patient feel? Let's say it's a multi-visit, it's a two-visit appointment. And in between, the patient makes a comment that, hey, I'm kind of excited because next weekend I'm going up to Sedona with my wife for a couple's weekend. The next time they come in, Gary, how was your trip to Sedona? I was thinking about you, man. How was that? What does that do? Right. It's treating them like a friend. Dentistry is a people game. Yes, it's a clinical game. Yes, we have to do quality dentistry. There's no getting around that. We got to do quality. You're built on a house of cards if we're not doing quality dentistry. But the lens through which patients experience your practice is this people stuff. That's how they experience your practice. And this needs to be exhibited by not only the doctor, but by the team members as well. I'd really work on raising your game. If you can step back and look at your practice objectively, which I think we'd all agree is hard to do. Well, would you agree with me on that? Oh, it's yeah. It's hard to- Very biased. We're too close to it, right? Yep. But if you could step back and if you could say, hey, on a report card grading scale, what grade would I give my practice on being relationship driven? Is it A minus? Is it B plus? Is it B minus on your best day? I know it's very arbitrary, right? It's arbitrary. But this exercise- It really can help you focus on the one thing that'll make a a big difference. When you're in rapport and relationship with the patient, they do not want to go anywhere else. They don't want to roll the dice and go somewhere where they'll be treated by strangers. They don't want to do, I'm not saying they wouldn't leave, but they're way more or less likely to leave because of the connection they have with you and your team. Dentistry is a very personal service. It's very personal with lots of emotion involved around it. And they want to be taken care of by a doctor and team who they know, like, and trust. Yeah. That's where I would start. I've had the same experience because my primary care physician, they're always in network for the most part. I mean, this is medical, but he had uh, maybe a falling out with some other doctors in the practice, all the practice. They all, they've said they were going to start their own group. The group that bought them said, you know what, just get out of here. And they kicked them all out and they went and started their own thing. And it was maybe 40 minutes away from my house. I'm under 40 at the time. I'm like, I'm not having any issues. I'll go to somebody new. In this experience of going to somebody new, no really relationship. And it it got personal because I had an inguinal hernia. So you can imagine how personal that exam can get. There you go. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and after spending maybe a year, year and a half with a new person, I said, you know what? I kind of want to make the 40 minute drive. And I went back out there. He remembered everything about me. We had a great conversation and I make the drive now. This was my experience of like, wow, like, and I wasn't even thinking of from like a patient standpoint of how this people, how this works in the practice. And I think this is what we're experiencing in our practice right now. Dropping Delta is we're, yeah, I think we're retaining maybe 35% as they're coming in. And I'm just praying that a lot of them come back and they appreciate what we were doing in this relationship, but we were setting that ground, laying that groundwork. We call the patients that leave and come back are boomerang patients. (laughs) Yeah, boomerang. Like the Australian boomerang, they come back. 
And oftentimes they make really good patients on their second pass through because they've seen what the other side can be. They've seen the other side and they like what you offer. But raise the bar on that. How good can you be on being relationship driven? How good can you be? And how can we exhibit that on a daily basis with our patients? And frankly, the bar is kind of low in healthcare. In healthcare, I'm talking about the broader universe of healthcare. Just remembering people's names gives the patient a really positive experience. Just a hello, how are you before what's your name? (laughs) I mean, it was Dale Carnegie who said when he wrote How to Win Friends and Influence People, for, for many people, the sound of their name is the sweetest sound they'll ever hear. Recognize them by name. Everything about being a PPO practice takes you away from being relationship driven. Everything about being PPO, because you're the hamster on the treadmill. And not only do you feel like you have to strap roller skates on your feet every day, but you got to take the extra time to put the rocket boosters on the back of the roller skates because you got to shoosh up and down the hall all day. And everything about that takes you away from being relationship driven. So it's hard to be in network and subjected to the consequences of being network and elevate your game on being relationship driven, but you can do it. It can literally be that 10 minute exercise before you start your day by doing your homework. Well, what would you say if there's a doctor listening? He's like, I do this or he or she is listening. And I do this with my patients. I like to put the notes in, but I really wish my team would do it. And I just can't get my team to do it. And I tell them I want, but maybe there's no accountability. How do we present this to a team, this idea? And how do we make them realize how relationship driven what we do is in the same way I'm a parent. We have four adult kids. My wife, uh, Teresa and I were married 41 years. We have four adult kids, three daughters and a son. We have five grandchildren in the same way that we behave relative to our kids and our grandchildren. For me, you model what you expect from them. You model, we can talk to them till we're blue in the face. And if you're not doing it, it's going to fall on deaf ears. So we model it. So for example, let's say we discovered that I'll use the example that I used earlier. Linda, one of her patients is taking care of an elderly parent right now. And her life is different because of that responsibility right now. And let's say the doctor discovered that and put the note, you know, in an electronic notepad. I would bring it up in the morning huddle. Hey guys, I want everyone to know this. This is our patient, Linda, and she is taking care of an elderly mom right now. Her mother's in failing health. I want everyone to know that. I entered that in the note section. And that's the kind of thing that I'm asking you guys to do when you discover these things. The name of the dog. And when they do, praise them, literally fawn over your team members. Hey, Maria, the other day when you put that the dog's name is Carl, that was so cool for me to discover because I made a point of bringing it up to the patient. So you praise the team member for doing it. It's easy to be critical and to catch people doing things wrong. It's harder to catch them doing things right and compliment it. But I found that if we're complimentary to our team, catch them doing what you want them to do. I can't tell you how many times, Paul, take a slightly different topic. We want our team members asking patients to write a review, to write a Google review, right? I mean, that cannot be news to any of your listeners that a positive Google review is like currency for the practice. And we want our team members to ask patients Hey, Paul, when you get a chance, you know, we'd love seeing our existing patients like yourself, but we also love seeing new patients. Would you do me a favor and write us a Google review when you get a chance, right? And usually that lasts for about 10 minutes. <laughs> and boom, it evaporates. Or a day or two, not very long. <laughs> <laughs> well, the 10 minutes might've been an exaggeration. Okay, it doesn't last very long. Yeah. But when that happens, I want to bring it up in a team setting, we compliment in public and we correct in private. <laughs> so when they've done something you want to see more of, 
fawn over them. Let them know. Hey, Debbie, when you asked George the other day to write a review, look at this. Here's his review. It's four sentences long. It's almost embarrassing to read. You know, he thinks so highly of us. But that's exactly why I want us asking people for reviews. So really, the answer there is to catch them doing good stuff. Use model by example. It's not something I just push downhill to them. I've got to do it. The doctor has to do that as well. Well, here we are, and holiday season is among us. And if you are like me, who just dropped Delta and saw a 30% decrease in new patients recently, you are asking Santa for more new patients. So if you want more new patients, I got to tell you, Relevance Online Marketing is the best. They are who I've been working with. And if you want to see an absolutely beautiful website that they have created, you can go to their website or you can go to mine and look at my practice, nelsonridge.com. They just updated it and man, it is gorgeous. I've gotten compliments from patients on it. And if you want something like that, Relevance Online Marketing is for you. There is no contract. And if you mention that you heard of them on the Dental Practice Heroes podcast, you will get the first month free to try them out and see how it is. They will not hijack your site. You still own everything. You still have all your passwords to everything. And it's not like those other marketing companies because I've been burned in the past, but I've been with this company for almost five years now, and there's a good reason for it. So if you want a marketing company that's going to work hard for you and do the things that you want them to do without you constantly telling them, Relevance Online Marketing is for you. Check them out at Relevance Online Marketing. Marketing.com. And again, mention the Dental Practice Heroes podcast. Get that first month for free. Yeah. What would you say as far as like working on the front end systems? I mean, is, is this something that you, you would approach as entire team thing? Or would you kind of get micro and say, okay, front end, we're going to be doing working on these kind of skills in the back end. We're working on building relationship skills in this way manner. Let me stay on that example of Google reviews. Google reviews are, quite frankly, a a form of 21st century currency today. I have a challenge for it. While we're doing this, Google my practice and tell me how many reviews we have. Go ahead and and Google that. We're going to put you on the spot. Just for the record, for the record, we did not talk about this ahead of time, did we, No, we did not. So Life Smiles Don't Care Phoenix. Yep, Phoenix. All right, here we go. This is authentic and real. Let's see what the last one was. This is happening in real time right now. (laughs) Okay, 1.2K, five stars, 1,164. 1,164. How do you feel about that number, Paul? Is that pretty good? That's a good number. Yeah. When most people aren't even clearing 100. (laughs) That's exactly right. Can I tell you how we got that? How did you get it? Five-step system. Here's the five-step system right here. One of my team members shows up to the morning huddle with email addresses of everybody that's on our schedule today. You can get that from your practice management software. Step one. Step two is she highlights with an actual physical highlighter. You're seeing me hold one up. (laughs) She highlights the names of everybody has a Gmail address. So step two is highlight the people have a Gmail address. Why is that? Because they have to have a Gmail address to write a Google review. Now we like reviews on any platform, but we especially want them where? Yeah, Google. Google. The one that matters. Step three, we now bring this to the morning huddle. We have the list of everyone we're seeing today that has a Gmail address. Now we say, of everyone that has a Gmail address, who do we flat out know without a shadow of a doubt would write a five-star review? And maybe there's six people and maybe five of them we flat out know would write a five-star review. Maybe the sixth one, if she's on her meds, it'll be a five-star <laughs> review. And if not, maybe not. So we don't ask her. Yeah. Okay. Step four, when we have the list of people, we assign an individual team member to ask each one of those people. Oh, who wants to ask Gary? Who wants to ask Paul? Who wants to ask Maria? Who's going to ask Sylvia? And usually it happens organically. 
It's often their hygienist or their assistant. It could be an admin team member that has a connection with the patient. If we don't get any volunteers, we have a default team member who's got a strong eye in the DISC personality, you know, the people skills. And she volunteers to ask because everybody's her new best friend. And then step five, and this may be the most important thing, we print out, it's about a five by eight inch printed card that has instructions on how to write a Google review as the simple instructions. And let's say I'm your hygienist and I'm going to ask you, Paul, and I'm going to say something like this and assume all this is true. I love seeing you on my schedule, Paul. Do you know that you are one of my most faithful patients in always showing up right on the right cycle for your hygiene? Thanks for noticing. You have healthy gums. You show up every six months. I wish all my patients were as faithful as you. Paul, we also like seeing new patients. Would you do me a favor and write us a Google review when you get a chance? I took the liberty of preparing this little cheat sheet for you and I hand it to you. And here's the instructions on how to write a Google review. Now, the patient doesn't need any instructions. If they're under age 40, they do not need instructions. But I do it for a very intentional reason. I hand you the card. As a male patient, you're going to take that card. You're going to put it in your pocket. Okay? You have absolute intentions of writing a review. But as soon as you leave the office, what happens? Get in my car. Life hits you. Yeah. And you forget. Right? Later in the day, you're going to reach into your pocket to pull out your wallet. You're going to pull out that card. You're going to say, oh, I told Gary I'd write that review. And you're going to get your phone. You're going to write the review. If you're female, you're going to take the card and put it in your purse. Later in the day, you're going to reach into the purse, pull out the keys. You're going to find the card and it will remind you to write the review. And that's how we got 1.2K five-star reviews. That's great. I think I think the female, it might stay in the purse. It's like my wife's purse. My mother-in-law. <laughs> I took out her tooth and she had her eyes closed because she was so scared. And we just gave it a quick scrub and we threw it in a little bag and I threw it inside her purse as a joke. And I forgot about it. She found it like, I think six, seven weeks later at the store. She was going, she's going through it. She's like, what the heck is there a tooth in my, <laughs> she's like, did you who knows what you might find in some of those purses? <laughs> I know. I love that system, Gary. That's fantastic. It's simple. Especially for even a startup practice, because this is such an important part about growth is how do I really crank up those Google reviews so I stand out from the pack on the Google map pack at the top? So I think it's a great system. Google's told us that they won't tell you what their ranking algorithm is because that's their secret sauce. They won't tell you. Try to get that. I dare you. They won't tell you. But they do drop hints. And they have told us that the reviews, Google reviews, represent 20% of the ranking algorithm. And it's not just the number of reviews. It's three very specific factors. In no particular order, it's the sheer number you have. The more, the better, right? Because that's third-party validation for them. Secondly, it's the velocity of the reviews. How frequently are new reviews coming in? So if you have gaps in getting new reviews, you'll be downgraded on the ranking algorithm because you're inconsistent in Google's eyes. So the velocity, how frequently are new reviews coming in? And they want at least two new reviews a week. If you're getting two or more a week on average, then you're meeting their velocity score. Google shared that with us. And number three is they call it the character of the reviews. Character means, you know how someone can write a review, they can give you five stars and not say anything. No, it's still a five-star review. Or they could give you two words, nice office, and give you five stars. Well, that's better than no words. But what they really want is those love letter reviews where they're singing praises and it's four or five sentences long. So if you master those three things, you have a high number of reviews. They're coming in with regular frequency, and most of them are narrative reviews that you're going to get in the map pack. 
and you get in the map pack, half the battles won right there. So if you're in the map pack and then you're in one, two, or three in organic, the likelihood that someone will choose your office is very high, especially in an area that's fairly dense population-wise, like we are, like where you are. Reviews is a way to do that. One thing we also do in the morning huddle is whenever a review has called out a team member, we'll read those reviews in a positive way. Whenever a team member is called out in a positive way, because it really makes our team members feel recognized and feel appreciated. And we read them. And I feel like they don't often see the reviews. And this is why I talk to a lot of my coaching clients too, is that we get the email from whatever platform we, oh, you got a review, you got a review. And then the team is like, well, they don't even realize how many they get. And every now and then, and they don't even know when they get mentioned. So a lot of doctors won't not, even like uh, off the up. radar for them. Yeah, it really is. So it, I think it helps to bring it in. You kind of kind of come up on topic. I got one more question for you, Gary, before we move into our separate segments. What would you say, and have you seen this work well in practices? And I'm not saying this is the only way to do it, but are people doing some sort of like team contest or bonus giveaways for reviews they call out by name, things like that? I'm just curious. Well, I like to get some momentum going. Momentum is one of those elusive things. You either have it or you don't have it. When it comes to reviews, I like to get some positive momentum. When, when we start working with the client in the coaching side, we want to get some momentum, something, a win, you know, that we can celebrate and we can kind of get some positive momentum. And this system that I just described for getting reviews is, is simple. It's a relatively simple thing. We just have to do it. It's not complex. Many of the other systems that we do are very complicated and have a lot of moving pieces. This is an easy one. So one of the things I like to do is we'll set up a little game and we'll set up a number of reviews and it has to be individually calibrated based on the practice. So if an office is never, let's say they have, you know, five reviews and they're not getting any, we might set the goal at 10 new reviews a month. I always set it at least 10 because 10 would meet that two new reviews a week quotient for Google. Most months have four weeks, but two months of the year have five. So if we're getting 10 new reviews a month, we'd met Google's velocity quotient. So I always set it at 10. And we might just say, hey guys, for the next three months, we're just going to do something kind of fun. If we get 10 or more reviews, everyone's going to get a hundred bucks, a hundred dollar bonus for this. It's not lottery money. It's not life changing, but I don't know anybody who wouldn't appreciate an extra hundred bucks in their purse or wallet. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we have something fun. We say, guys, if we get some momentum going, we'll double it if we get 15 and we do that. And we're going to do this for the next three months. So go for it. Let's see what we can do. So it's not like an individual eat what you shoot kind of bonus. It's set up as a team. At the end of that three-month period, we'll assign a Google champion, a Google review champion. And I might give an individual bonus for that person to maintain that system then thereafter. But I'll do it as a team bonus to start. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's very implementable. I think anyone could do that today. Yeah, anybody can practice. do it. And team will get some momentum around it. And it's not retirement money. But like I said, I don't think anyone's going to object to having a little extra money in their purse or wallet. I don't think so either. All right, let's move on to the segment where we share little systems that add up to big results. Gary, what is your little system? The little system that I really love is a goal to end up with more production at the end of the day than what we have scheduled when we start the day. So same day dentistry, same day dentistry. Now, I'll share a statistic with you, Paul. So same-day dentistry can be used two different ways in dentistry. For offices doing CAD-CAM dentistry, we think of same-day dentistry as prepping and seating the restoration on the same visit, right? Same day. I'm using it in a different context today. I'm talking about with patients that we're in contact with today, where can we look for opportunities to add more dentistry today and better serve our patients by helping them out with adding some dentistry today? What is everyone, and this is a universal 
what is everyone's most valuable commodity right now? Time, everyone's time. And so if I can save them a trip, I'm capitalizing on that value of that commodity. So do you know, Paul, that I've made it my life's work to study world-class practices? World, and that's a hard to identify what makes that, but world-class practices will end up with more production at the end of the day than when they started 80% of the time. Doesn't happen 100% of the time, but four out of five days, they'll end up with more production at the end of the day than when they started. More typical practices go backwards every day because of cancellation of no-shows. So we have a system to identify the opportunity. Maybe it's a patient in hygiene that needs fillings on the upper left. And it's the idea of saying, if it was you, Paul, I just might say, I noticed that doctors recommended fillings for you on the upper left. I'm concerned about those. They remain uncompleted. Fillings don't ever take care of themselves. They have a way of getting to a point where you might require more treatment, might require root canal and crown. I don't know if this will work for you, Paul, but at the end of your hygiene appointment, we can move you over here the doctor's side and doctor can take care of those fillings for you today and save you a trip. And now if it's this time of the year, as we're recording this, I might also say our insurance coordinator, let me know that you have some insurance benefits left this year. And the way that works is when the clock strikes midnight, December 31st, you know, when the ball drops at Times Square, whatever benefits you have left over, just go back to the fat cats at the insurance company. It's kind of a shame. Well, we can save you a trip and we can help you take advantage of insurance benefits. Doesn't work 100% of the time. But be amazed how often it does when you present it that way. Well, it's a great way to present it to the team as well, because it is a benefit to the team. It's a benefit to the practice, but it's also a benefit to the patient is what I mean. Presenting it to the team is a benefit to the patient. Me personally, if I've got to go to the dentist and I'm just thinking as a patient and I've got something to do and I go and I still have more dental work to do, I didn't get anything done. I still got to go to the yeah. dentist again. Yeah. <laughs> so that would drive you know, me. I, I like said, that. Everyone's, everyone's most important commodity is their time. And we need to recognize that. And also doctors frame it with your team on one of your goals is to help more of your patients have great oral health. If it's in their treatment plan, we want to get that done for them so that they can enjoy the benefits of great oral health. Let's get more people healthy. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Ty here doing Colorado Surgical Institute. Dr. Brisky and myself have really enjoyed doing these podcasts with Dr. Etch and talking about everything clinical. So keep your guys' feedback coming. It really helps us curate what we're going to be talking about on the podcast. If you want to learn how to do live patient surgeries and actually do the work yourself with the guidance of Dr. Brisky and myself, come out and see us. We're in northern Colorado. We're just north of Denver, and we can have you do anything from single implants to wisdom teeth to IV sedation to oral sedation, bone blocks and GBR and sinus lifts, vertical and lateral, and full arch with the whole digital workflow using photogametry, 3D printers, mills, and all of the above. So we're here to help. Reach out to us. You can call Chris Richards, our director, at 970-420-6148, and he will definitely have a hero discount for you guys because we love Paul and we love DPH. All right, we're going to skip the get real segment just because we're coming up on time. But I mean, Gary, what are you up to, man? What's Thriving Dentist doing? What are you guys doing as far as like on the coaching side? What's new? Well, we're really enjoying the continuation of the podcast. Thriving Dentist Show was the very first dental podcast. Today, we hey, we just added a week ago, we added our 189th country. No, what's that? Where one? listeners come from. So up until last week, we had 188. We had listeners in 188 countries. And last week, we found a dentist in a remote South Pacific island to listen to the podcast, making it country 189. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy. So here's the trivia question, Paul. According to the United Nations, how many countries are in the world today? I'm going to go According to the United 237. Nations. Ah, it is 193. Oh. According to the United Nations. Almost worldwide. So we're in all but four countries. And all of those are islands in the South Pacific. They used to be French, French Polynesia. And then in the early 1990s, early 2000s, they all broke free and they have independent nations. You know, when you watch the Olympics and the flag bearers come in and they're carrying their flags, one person is carrying the flag and it says some country you never heard of. Mm-hmm. Those are the four countries that we're still looking for listeners. Have you ever thought about going on a world tour to those four countries just to check it off? I jokingly <laughs> said that, Paul, you and I need to go to the South Pacific. We need to seek out these dentists and we need to make it a good field trip. You want to go? Yeah, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> Won't be too much work. The, the podcast <laughs> is fun. We're really enjoying the podcast. In, in my coaching work, in my coaching work, it really represents clients primarily in seeking out two specific pieces of expertise. One is reducing their insurance dependence, and secondly is helping them grow. I'm passionate about helping practices grow. Same team, same hours, and looking at growing. How can we grow? How can we better serve our patients, better serve people in our community by helping more people have great oral health. Most practices have capacity for growth that they don't fully realize. And maybe it has to do with strategic growth. Maybe there's an area of the practice we want to grow. I know you're as passionate about aligners as I am. True story? Yeah, we do a lot. Yeah. I had a client, well, I'll use a brand name because it's what he uses, but he's an Invisalign guy and he was doing three starts a year. Can we agree that that's a big so what? Yeah. In fact, he even said, Gary, I'm thinking about dropping it because I do so few starts that I have to go back and read all my manuals to remember how to do it again. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Well, I introduced a very simple way for his hygienist to spark interest among patients. Would you like to hear what that is? I do. The hygienist is looking for, wait for it, wait for it, crowding or spaces. No. That's it. That's going to be a tough find. <laughs> crowding or notice what the yeah. hygienist is not looking for. She's not looking for posterior occlusion. She's not looking for canine guidance. Heck, most dentists can't find canine guidance. The hygienists aren't going to find canine guidance. Hygienist is looking for crowding or spaces. That's it. And if the hygienist sees that, the hygienist will say to you, hypothetically, Paul, of course you have a gorgeous smile, but let's say you had spaces. Paul, if there was a way to correct the spaces in your teeth without brackets or braces, would you have any interest in that? No. Okay. Most people are going to say, yeah, I used to have braces when I was a young adult and I think I had them as a teenager and I don't want to look like I'm in middle school again, but if there's a way to do it without brackets and braces, yeah. Well, great, Paul, if you don't mind, when doctor comes in to do the hygiene exam, I'll ask her to take a look. If you're a candidate, we, we do Invisalign or plug whatever name you like. We do this. It's state-of-the-art adult orthodontics and it doesn't involve brackets or braces. Yeah. And do a pass off. Dr. Mario, Paul's interested in knowing if he could be a candidate for Invisalign to correct the crowding or the spaces in his teeth. Would you do me a favor and take a look? That doctor went from three cases a year to quite literally, he now does 50 starts a year just on that one a week. That's a big Just on that technology, just on that influence in the practice. Went from three a year to 50 a year. Makes a difference. So maybe there's an area we want to grow in your, maybe we want to do more smile design. Maybe we want to, maybe we're treating, we're piddling with appliance therapy for treating sleep apnea. Maybe there's a doctor that loves the ankyloglossia procedure, the lip and tongue tie release, but we're doing two of them a year. Maybe we grow that. We find some mommy bloggers to talk about what we're doing to help infants successfully nurse. And we let the mommy bloggers tell everyone in our community about it. 
And all of a sudden that becomes a nice component of our practice. So maybe we grow strategically, not just growth, but we grow it strategically. Yeah. I love what you're saying. Cause I think there's a lot of, we try to do too many things at once and we forget about these things, but there's often should be a focus at different points in the office. And hopefully that focus builds on something like you mentioned the momentum and then you can keep right. that going. But right. I think it's just too often just dental practice owners. We're just too, we got our head down and we're not doing anything. Well, and I think some of it goes to leadership and goals. I think one of the problems with goals is that dentists set the goals too low and then they achieve them. <laughs> well, that sounded good, right? You set a goal and you achieve it. But what if you set it too low? One of my favorite authors is Jim Collins, the book, Good to Great. Of course, he's written a number of books. Build to Last is another one of his good books. But the book, Good to Great, you might remember. I'm sure you've read that book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know his acronym, BHAG, B-H-A-G. Yeah, Big Hairy Big Audacious Goal. Big Hairy Audacious Goal. Yeah. Yep. Big Hairy Audacious Goal. I'll pose this to your listeners. Doctors, what is your Big Hairy Audacious Goal? Is it rallying? Is it the kind of thing that gets people excited? Is it the kind of thing that makes it exciting to come to work in the morning? We talk about generations. We have labels for generations. The largest generational group in our society today, it won't be a surprise to you, are millennials. Up until last year, it was baby boomers. Now baby boomers are dying off. And the millennials are the largest generational group. And it's difficult to be too stereotypic about any generation because they have all kinds of different flavors. But one of the characteristics of millennials is they like to be involved in something that's bigger than themselves. They want to be involved in something. They want to contribute. They want to be even just a small spoke in a wheel of something that's bigger than them. And that can be your office. And that can be setting big, hairy, audacious goals that they can be part of. I love that, man. How can uh, listeners learn more about your coaching and check out Thriving Dentist Podcast? What's your website? Yeah, Thriving Dentist. So, so Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcast directory is, just type in Thriving Dentist Show. You'll see my funny looking mug and I'd encourage you to hit subscribe. Uh, I do a second podcast. The second podcast is called the Less Insurance Dependence Podcast. That's a very specific podcast to help you reduce your insurance dependency. It's a short format. Each show is 15 to 18 minutes long, kind of thing you can play in a team meeting. You can share it with your team members. Very tactical about all the different things you can do to successfully resign from PPO plans. Our flagship podcast is called The Thriving Dentist Show. Hit subscribe. It's free. It means every Wednesday when we upload a new show for The Thriving Dentist Show, if you hit subscribe, you'll get that free loaded to your listening device. The Less Insurance Dependent Podcast, we uh, publish every Thursday. So you get that every Thursday. If you want to learn more about coaching, go to thrivingdentist.com and love to hear from you. Awesome, Gary. Well, thank you so much for spending time with our listeners and sharing some really actionable things today. I think some people driving are probably going to say, hey, I'm going to bring this up at a meeting. We're doing this because I'm feeling it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Like I like sometimes I like to sit on this end of the mic and be like, yeah, we already do stuff like that. And I'm, so some of these things I was like, well, we could probably use a really touch up in this area right here, I think. <laughs> Pardon my enthusiasm around dentistry, Paul. I know you believe this like I do, but I believe this in every ounce of my DNA. Dentistry rocks, man. Yeah, we we have the ability to change people's lives every day. The truth is, if you think about all the different things you could do as a career, not many jobs you can truly say you have the ability to change people's lives. We do in dentistry. It could be something we do clinically. could be something we do behaviorally. Maybe a patient just needs someone to listen to them. It's pretty cool that we get the ability to make a positive difference in the lives of others. And man, it's been 44 years for me in dentistry, but I'm as passionate about it as today as when I started. 
Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for your time, Gary. Really appreciate everything you do in the industry and, and always good connecting. We've been talking Likewise. to you and I for a long time. So like, this was great. We got to do it again. I will share. We had you as a guest recently on the Thriving Dentist Show. Yeah, yeah. If any of your listeners would like to hear you on my show, and I shared with you in our pre-recorded, we were talking a little bit before you hit record, your interview literally went viral within two hours of us publishing it. Amazing. So uh, if you want to hear uh, that interview, you'll see it. It's a recent one we did. It was published a couple weeks ago. I think it'd be a useful one for any of your listeners to tune into. I think so. All right. Thanks so much, Gary. You take care, right, buddy. Thanks, Paul. Take care.